You're listening to a fourth-hand production. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Now, are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental? I don't uh, know. Planes that they're building. And police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. Welcome, everybody, to a bonus content of Strange Uncles. Uh, this is Strangers on the Ranch. I'm Shane. I'm John. It's your boy, Josh Stoll. <laughs> I'm Alex. I'm Larry. And we're all back again here yet again. Um, so like we said, this is bonus content. This is what we do weekly. This is the review of the show Secrets of Skinwalker. Um, and I think, boys, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is episode five, I think, on this one, right? Six. Six. Oh, six. six. I'm wrong. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Great episode, but, you know, here where we're at. Um, a quick recap on a few things. So hopefully you guys checked out the last episode review. And hopefully, before that, you checked out the fact that we uh, we did manage to have uh, Thomas Winterden, who is a ranch superintendent, on. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you're listening, Tom, but I, I just got to say, if you are, huge thank you for coming on, for taking your time. Um, I personally thought it was a lot of – he provided a lot of background things that helped me understand the show, some of the relationships between the people – um, if nothing else from the interview, I think I pulled a lot of that out of there, but but I kind of want to get your guys' thoughts. It was just awesome talking to him. Yeah, he was a super cool dude, just like how we thought he would be, you know? Yeah, was, he, I think he gave us a lot of background, little details that kind of put everything into context, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really sad that I had to miss that, unfortunately, but <laughs> I did watch it the very next day, and... Um, I loved the interview. One of the things I took from it was it's funny how they were getting a bunch of crap for bringing the RF meters out of the coffee can. Yeah. Oh. You know, it's like, you got to yeah. keep them in yeah. the coffee can in order for them to work. He's like, guys, we're trying to film a TV show. So we <laughs> did do that, but just for the cameras for you and grateful bastards to see, yeah, we had to take it out so you could see the reading. I was just like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Because when I, did watch that episode i'm like well it's not even in the coffee can mm-hmm. yeah no <laughs> i i thought that was, it's all that little inside stuff and it's uh you think about the camera crew and how they have to film and it's again guys it's a show i mean it there's really nothing to show you yeah. what the producers think of the audience if they can't like put together them putting the rf meter in the can and then moving the can around if right. they yeah. can't follow that simple logic you know that and is it is a show is. but it is not scripted and it's based in science, which is awesome. It yes. is absolutely cool. And I, so we're going to have him on again on a regular episode, or we're going to try. He, uh, if you listen to the interview, if you haven't listened to it, because it was a really good interview, but one thing he has something on the side going on with his wife, which um, interested me extremely. And so we're going to have him back on the regular show to discuss that, see what that looks like, how they got into it. Um, but that is not the case here. Cases now. We're going to do the show review. So we've all got notes, I think, in front of us. And, John, I'm going to turn over to you as narrator, and we'll yes. uh, we'll kick it off. Cool. Yeah, I have been dying to talk with you guys about this episode because the show just keeps getting better and better, in my opinion. Like, yeah. oh, man, every time they show next week's episode, it just – I get so excited. But So it kind of starts off 
It were on July 23rd, 2019. That's where episode six starts. And since giving the team permission to dig, the team has started putting up more security cameras around the property. And just to get like, to make sure, you know, if they start digging and any anomalous things start happening that they have the best chance of catching whatever may happen. So they are installing the cameras. And since the show started, they have experienced quite a number of anomalies since it began with high level of radiation readings, strange lights. And we even have a UFO sighting on this show, which what UFO show have you seen where they see a UFO while they're filming? Yeah, where the the show show gets actual footage. Yeah, it doesn't happen. I can't think of a show that that has happened. So that is just so cool to me. So after the team is done installing cameras, it cuts to the caretakers of Skinwalker Ranch, Tom Lewis and Candace Lind. Uh, and they're counting the number of cattle that they have on the ranch because obviously the numerous mutilations that have taken place there. The cattle are all accounted for at the moment, but they're all bunched up in the corner of a ra- of an area of the ranch. And I was wondering if that's just normal behavior for cattle or. Um, I think they do it when they're scared or when they're cold. Yeah. And yeah. it's July. And so. they, they also do it during feeding time. And that's one thing that I thought about. And again, not to, you know, you know, poo poo on the whole thing, but they're on a schedule of a sort. So if they know feeding times at six in the morning and three in the afternoon or whatever have you, they'll tend to go to where that feeding time is. And I did realize that where they're huddled at, it did look like there were some trials and stuff there. But again, I, you know, maybe not, but like Josh said, yeah, they'll, they'll be there when they're scared or when they're cold, they're kind of, they'll herd together. So, yeah. I noticed they mentioned that that was strange and that that's something that they wanted to keep an eye on. So maybe it wasn't for feeding. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, it seemed like they were a little concerned that they were all bunched together. So I kind of took note of that. Um, But yeah, so far, all the cattle are accounted for. And like we've said on previous episodes, they use those as kind of another um, bio sensor as well. So they can see if the animals are, you know, behaving strangely or, you know, whatever. It's it's just another good way to judge. It's just weird nomenclature. I, I mean... I guess we're all biosensors, but it's just a weird word. It strikes me yeah. weird. I don't know. Yeah. I like it. I sounds sci-fi to me. <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> so the show then goes to two days later, and it's July 25th. And before they start drilling, the team decides to do one more sweep of the property just to make sure that they don't get blasted with any radiation or other harmful material that could possibly come from digging. And they employ the company Qualtech to come do some testing. Which is a smart idea because, you know, Taylor got those radiation burns just from lifting that cover of the well. And I mean, they're getting, they're getting random hits of radiation readings all over the place, whether it's the ground or. And like their dosimeters or I don't remember if it was their dosimeters or the, a different piece of equipment that went crazy when they lifted that lid up too. So yeah definitely very smart to sweep first absolutely yeah and there's some in the further in the show remind me there's a couple notes about radiation that i made but um i think it was casey from qualtech right they they brought Mm -hmm. him back same company that was out there three episodes ago or so um yeah which is cool 
you know. He looked pretty surprised and like kind of mildly upset about when uh, Taylor told him about getting the radiation burns. Right. Yeah, he did. I thought, yeah. I caught that too. I was like, hmm, why are you perturbed? I don't understand. He was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so the team is going to be doing their digging and drilling around Homestead too. So that's where they're going to do the radiation sweep. And that's also where Taylor got his radiation burns from. So they start with the cistern in the back and they're not finding any, any radiation. They call it background noise, which is just normal amounts. I yeah. Guess. Like from sunshine and just the earth. Yeah. There, yeah. There's always minor amounts in a normal circumstance. Right. Yeah. So, and they refer to it as background noise and they just haven't found anything. So they go check the well. What were you going to say, Josh? Oh, uh, I was just going to say what was wild too, is I caught that they said that it was actually less than what would be normal background radiation. Yeah. Which, oh, which yeah. I should have waited until after you said what you were about to say to bring that up. <laughs> well, I, I actually missed that, but so they then check the well where yeah the cistern right yeah well where he got burned where he lifted that up and they just background noise with that and they don't get any readings of powerful radiation coming from anywhere on homestead too well and he uh he even dropped the the instrument way down into the well and it was just normal which i was very surprising and that was around the time they said uh they made the comment about it being less than normal which Mm -hmm to me is wild because like uh, as far as i know to my understanding of how radiation works if you have a strong source of radiation like say in the well uh whether that be like uh waste or or a ufo engine or something <laughs> if that moves if that goes away there's still going to be higher than normal background radiation there from it being there yeah and just like from not the less than normal so that I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, and especially within a couple weeks' time, too. I mean, that's the whole problem with radiation is it just sticks around for ever, basically. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. For, for our, um, our natural lives and our children's children's lives. So um, Taylor was kind of talking about that. Like, he's just, like, flabbergasted that they're not getting any readings over there. And I just put the, the, the ranch is gaslighting them. It's making them... <laughs> It's making them feel crazy. Yep. Well, I had I had one note too, and this is actually a Tom quote. It was funny because when they came out from back in the homestead too, and they're like, "Well, you know, at this time, there's no." And Tom says, "Isn't that crazy? At this point in time, it's almost like it's becoming the catchphrase for the ranch at this point in time." And he's all pissed off. <laughs> it just yeah. I was like, "Yeah, you know." Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you're getting radiation, huge levels of radiation there, and then a week later, you're not getting any like that. That shouldn't be possible. Yeah. Yeah. Like in my notes, I was just like, holy hell, the trickster is here. Cause it's like they were getting so much consistency for the first little bit. And now that Travis has been there for like a month, it's almost like the ranch is going back to its normal fuck you bullshit. You know what I right. mean? There's totally a trickster element, it seems like. Yeah. And it's just, man, it just, just doesn't seem possible that that could happen like that um so now that they're not getting any type of radiation they're ready to start drilling taylor's like let's do this so the next day um the caretakers they bring in some alpacas just to see if they can 
bring any insight on any strange anomalous behavior. And as far as anyone knows, those animals have never been on the ranch. So, you know, maybe by bringing new things in, it starts kicking up the phenomenon and just acting as just another biosensor. So I was kind of wondering at first, um, you know, it's like, okay, alpacas, why are you, or we're going to bring exotic animals on here. Why fucking pick alpacas? Why don't you just bring flamingos on the fucking ranch or something? It's the same thing. But they do explain it at the end of the thing where they said alpacas have great eyesight, great hearing, and that was the reason why. But I was, I would just set it back a little bit about why pick this thing to bring, if that makes sense. But, um, well, well, and I, I noticed. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I think maybe uh, alpacas, one, because they've never been on the ranch, and two, I think just in the Uinta Basin and that area, those are readily accessible animals. Mm. So they don't necessarily, they can just drive down to Roosevelt and get a couple alpacas. They don't need to go to the Hogle Zoo in Salt Lake City to get a flamingo or something. It would have been cooler with a flamingo. No I mean, way, those whatever. alpacas are cute as fuck. <laughs> they are pretty damn cute. For yeah, sure. What were you totally going to say there? Um, uh, one of them, I noticed one of them said that uh, al- alpacas aren't known to make a lot of noise when they Vo- detect Vocalizations, yeah. Yeah. That, that's, I actually have that in my notes as well, which is strange a little later on. Later, uh, yeah. Yeah, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Yeah. I got one more note before you move on, John. Um, I don't know if anybody else caught this, but William's back. He was fucking around with alpacas the minute they got there in the corral. So he's not dead. Good. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Is William? that's great. <laughs> Who is William? Uh, he's the dog. The dog. Yeah, the dog that's oh. staying with Travis that uh, went off chasing whatever was making that noise at the beginning of the last episode. Oh, I totally didn't even... <laughs> We were all concerned about the whereabouts of the dog because they never explained it. But yeah. Oh, okay. I never. I. I guess that was the episode I missed. But yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, but he was he was super pumped on the alpacas also. Yeah, it was funny. Oh yeah, he he loved those things. I mean, who can't love them? They're just so they're just so cute. cute. Yeah. Well, anyway, the show goes on, and Jim Morris. He brings a spiritual leader named Larry Sespooch onto the ranch to meet with Taylor and the team. And I think Taylor and Jim Morse brought him on to kind of appease Dragon because <laughs> Dragon is the guy that's just really nervous about digging or drilling or upsetting the land in any way. And I think Taylor said that he thinks it's, an import- it's important to explore all avenues of possibility, even the spiritual side, despite him being a man of science and i think he knows that dragon kind of believes a little bit more in the spiritual side of this phenomenon so bringing a reputable spiritual leader from the ute tribe onto the property um hopefully would you know kind of set dragon's mind at ease yeah and uh I, I think I would do the same thing. You know, you have to explore that spiritual, mystical side of things as well as scientific. You know, I think that's a good, what a good scientist would do, honestly. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, it can't hurt. And especially with like getting the insight of a tribal spiritual leader, just regarding all the legend and lore and everything about it is 
pretty impactful, you know? Yeah. And, and I'll piggyback off Josh and actually you too, Larry. It, I, you know, maybe I'm, I'm blowing this out more than it really should be, but number one, I thought it was really, really cool that they did this, that they brought that aspect in because it's a different viewpoint of what's happening at the ranch. You hear, like you said, Josh lore in the background of what's going on. You know, I, I think that's really cool. I'll be honest with you. I was a little surprised that they were able to get um, an elder in just from, you know, because we hear from the past of people, they, they just, the, the U tribe, they don't talk about this place. They don't mention the name. They don't. So I was a little, I don't know. I was a little surprised that this actually was a was an option and they did it, but I well, thought it was really cool. Well, it seems, uh, I think Jim Morris and Larry Sespooch actually go back a long time. That's, I think that's what they even said. So um, I think since they're just probably such close personal friends that it's not necessarily like, you know, you approach an elder of the Ute tribe randomly out of the blue <laughs> and ask him to do that. You know, you do it more as like a friend and yeah, try and have him actually bless it and everything. Hey, what are you doing on a Tuesday? Oh, just beating the drum. Well, do you want to come down to the ranch and do an interview? Do I? I don't know how that yeah. conversation came about, but it, maybe it was like that. I mean, well, yeah, well if they've known each other for a while, then maybe that makes more sense. Like you were saying, John. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, Hey, will you come down to the ranch and give us a blessing and, you know, help us out just in case there's any bad juju, which, yeah. But he also explains that the, you have accepted the phenomenon as just part of the universe. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it seems like native Americans have a really cool way of looking at the world and just the connectivity of everything. Yeah. And he, so. he mentioned too, that it was really funny because they were talking about how they picture the ranch and um, Larry had mentioned that it was, they picture more like a funnel. And then I was really interested with a high school story as well that Larry kind of threw out there. I was like, that's was, a nice background, you know? Was that the, where he talks of, well, he told, he told one, one story of an old couple that lived near the ranch that had two big dogs and multiple deadbolts mm -hmm. on their door because he said they told him that things come out at night. Yeah. Which yeah. is so eerie. Like, yeah, that's just terrifying. Well, and yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. And, Josh. and he, he said also that like the Ute people throughout Colorado and Utah have always like seen strange things like this the land is just full of strange shit, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, they just accept it. So this is what I'm on a side conversation real quick. Um, we know, you know, I'm sure we've all here. We've read the hunt for Ken Walker. We know the Sherman story. He mentioned the deadbolts and the dogs. I was, and he mentioned high school too. Well, he's pretty old to be in high school in like the early nineties, but that story was right from the Shermans where there was deadbolts and dogs when they showed up. That's what they seen. But then if you look at the, the caretakers or the owners that had it before that, they actually supposedly got interviewed a few times over and said that there was nothing like that. There was nothing going on. That was all. They don't know where that stemmed from. So I'm a little confused on some of that, I guess, that time frame of like 30 years. of. I'm going to take Larry's word. Well, I'm, yeah. No, I'm not I'm calling him anything, but. Go ahead. I'm, I'm wondering if they, uh, the uh, owners before the Shermans are more reluctant to talk about it because they're more old school. They don't want to be ridiculed. You know what I mean? Like kind of a could be, you know, older people wouldn't want to 
talk about that kind of stuff because it's a bunch of hoo-ha or whatever but well yeah, and, knows. and and honestly the guy that they interviewed was the brother of the gal who lived there and so who's to say that you know she just never really told him and maybe he no she never said anything to me everything was normal because it did freak her out to such an extent i i don't know it's just kind of it's really muddled in that in a time frame i just care i i hope there's something that comes out a little bit more on that or somebody can interview somebody before they pass just to kind of get something prior sherman if that makes sense i mean yeah, yeah there, before the shermans I, I mean there is though they already have um i mean he even talks well it actually cuts to Fugel, Brandon Fugel, and he talks about the curse of the Skinwalker placed by the Navajo. So, I mean, all you have to do is look at the Native Americans in that area, and they've already said stories have been happening for, you know, 100 years plus in that area. Just because one rancher, some one crabby old man's like, no, nah, I never saw anything. Like, okay, that's one person's perspective or that's one person's experience, but an entire tribe um of people have said they've experienced stuff so i don't know how much more you need really right so we fixate on the ranch but the activity do doesn't give a shit about the ranch boundaries it's all over the basin so for the former owner's brother to say that he never saw anything or heard anything about it from the former owners doesn't really mean anything I, you know, and I'm not making a big thing out of it. I get that. And yeah, you're right, Joe. I'm totally, I'm not disproving anything about the Indian and the tribe there because yeah, that's a huge, huge platform of, of just legend and what was there in history at all. I'm just, it's, I'm not more, I'm more of, I'm curious of that. I'm curious of the actual owners of, the, of what they experienced because it, of just the differences between A versus B, if that makes sense. That's I'm not disproving, any, disproving anything. I, I there's something yeah. there. We all know it. We've all felt it. Not poo pooing that at all. Mm -hmm. Just I wish I, I we could find some clarity. I wish there was some way to find clarity on owners of specifics prior to Sherman's. Just I don't know. It's just this little tiny thing in the back of my mind that's just kind of tickling a little bit. If that makes sense, that's all. No, it's interesting you know. for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's all. I guess just the timeline and the history of it, really. Right. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I just feel like we already have that to kind of a large extent. But I mean, I, I get what you're saying for sure. Um, but yeah, so Larry Sespooch. Taylor, Dragon, and Jim Morris head to Homestead 2 to lay a blessing on the earth, which they are about to disturb and dig. And <laughs> Larry, uh, you know, does his prayer and he lays tobacco in different parts of the of where he's at. And um, it seems like, you know, that kind of puts Dragon's mind at ease and he's more willing to let them continue their research and start digging larry yeah um i just a after the blessing i i noticed um the you spiritual leader was saying i hope you were all praying with me yeah and when, and when your instruments go down and stuff like that you need to take it as a sign so it was kind of a warning yeah i thought yeah. that was kind of spooky 
I, I thought that was neat how they said that. I also thought it was kind of funny because Dragon did say something that before they actually did the prayer, and he says, and Larry was like, well, I think we should do this. And Dragon says, amen. That's been my entire attention the whole time, <laughs> that he just wanted something from the other side to make him feel a little bit, along with everybody else there. But I just thought it was a cool little quip that was mentioned and really cool mm -hmm. for that to happen. I mean, I, I don't know. Again, that's another side that I, they didn't have to do, but they did. And, and I was pretty happy with putting it in there personally. You Definitely. Too. And I mean, I just don't see what it hurts to do it. You know, even yeah. if, even if, you know, you are a man of science and you don't believe in the spiritual side of anything, there's something weird going on there. So what does it hurt if it takes an afternoon to, you know, to put your positive intention in, into somebody that's been, you know, involved in the history of that area for generations? Like, why wouldn't you? Exactly. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, July 27th rolls around and the team is ready to dig. And Tom Winterton, he's badass, just gets the property ready to start drilling. He's just like grabbing a chainsaw and sawing down trees. He said, we, we're, we're going to whack these branches off. <laughs> Did he say that? And I thought, I fucking like cackled like a fucking 13 year old when he said that. <laughs> I totally missed that. I just saw him That's with the funny. chainsaw. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I just like that cracked me up so hard. I, it, it made the notes. Juvenile. No, I, I love that. I'm so sad. I kind of like just glossed over that part of it. Ten, ten year old fucking humor. God damn. Yeah. I, love it. I mean, uh, we are our boys. Dick and fart jokes, I think, will forever be funny. I'll be 80 years old and laugh at that. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So they are ready to dig and they bring snowshoe engineering to assist with the drilling. They're go and their plan is to just go slowly and just to do a couple feet at a time. So they're not even digging at this point. They're just drilling into the ground to kind of take core samples and see, you know, if the first two feet have radio any any radiation you know they're trying to be as safe as possible with this but um they go and they start the drilling just like in the middle of the road near homestead too and this drill is huge yeah it, it is a massive drill that they bring in and they're just doing it right in the middle of the road but before they do the drilling tom removes himself yep notice that yeah I, I don't blame him one little bit. No, yeah, I, I, neither do I. I've been to the hospital twice. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, yoinks it away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. I think it's smart and safe. So, yeah, he, he dips out before they start messing with the land or anything. And, I mean, he even says, like, in his rational mind, like, what, you know, it's probably nothing to worry about. But I thought that was know, a after, cool quote when he said that. I thought that was – Neat. Yeah, and then they go back to the thing too. I yeah, I, I, I can't blame the guy one huh. fucking bit. So I mean, but after after his experiences, I wouldn't want to be around there either. So yeah. Yeah, he he uh he removes himself and the team starts digging and they go, you know, about two feet down, they bring up the first core sample and they detect no radiation. And so they're like, all right, let's go down to a second one. 
still detect nothing, Shane. Can I, can I, so I just, I don't know if anybody, any one of you guys caught this, but I think it was either the second or third time down when they're just, again, they're not drilling. They're just doing the sampling they're pulling it up. And they're, and if you, if nobody's ever seen how that works, it's basically just an empty pipe and it goes down it compacts whatever sediments in there. Then that pipe breaks in half and you can dig the core sample out and they're checking for radiation. But I think on the second time, Jim just reaches in with his bare hands and pulls out of the pipe and then Casey came behind him with the radiation thing. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> I totally have that in my notes. I'm dude, like, oh, so, I'm sorry. Yeah, I I, I noticed that too. And it's Shigala just like, was ready to go. Like yeah. he was pumped. Yeah, well, it's just crazy. It's like this, the this could have possible high levels of radiation in it. And you're just going willy-nilly, just getting in there without gloves or anything. I thought that was wild oh by the way later on when we get to it remind me about the willy-nilly because i got another thing on that so yeah uh, go ahead john sorry larry well and if 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 it was half as you know radioactive as it was when they were taking the readings you know what was it a couple weeks beforehand then yeah. touching that soil sample would not have been a good idea <laughs> no. just directly like that yeah and i mean he touched that like you said shane before they even got the 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 meter to measure all that so that was i, hey, I did notice that is this radioactive <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean it might have been the producers being like oh we didn't get you checking it on film like like that's that true thing is Touché. Sweet. yeah yeah that i i choose to believe it was not <laughs> yeah he's just like fuck it i'm getting in there but you know what now that you say that that probably is like oh we didn't we didn't get that so that probably I don't know. is it. He was super fucking horny to get going with that shit, though. So uh, yeah. it, it might not have been <laughs> that dude from Caltech. Qualtech might have been like, "Oh, okay, you're fine." <laughs> so their target, their current depth was at 14 feet after a couple of the core samples. Their target depth's 15 to 20 feet, and they still haven't detected any type of radiation on there. And then that's where in my notes I say I find it strange that you're touching the core samples that could potentially have radiation on them without mm. any gloves. But yeah. And then the drill begins to hit something that almost sounds metallic. And they're noticing a grinding sound. And they're just about at the depth they want to be at. And it's whatever's down there is like shaking the entire rig. Yeah. And and that's that's where they start to move closer to the GPR anomaly what that they saw in the the week before on those underground tests that they did and i mean they're definitely hitting something i put a bunch of armageddon jokes in my notes here because i'm a fucking idiot <laughs> jesus dude i knew somebody was gonna do it i just <laughs> didn't know which one i figured it was you <laughs> harry stamper would have punched through that <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, continue please <laughs> well so yeah it's shaking the entire rig they're at about 17 feet right where they were getting that ping of something crescent shaped in the ground and the drill can't go any deeper. Um, and if they try, they're just going to end up breaking the drill bit. So the team hasn't brought up anything alarming so far on the first drill site. So they decide to go to drill site number two, uh, which is right in front of Homestead two. So real quick, just to backtrack, they did come up with um, 
on that first thing, what they were hit, they found a segment of siltstone, I think is what yes. they pulled out of there, yeah. which I, is that prevalent in that area? Evidently for the geology. I, yeah, you know. they said it's the bedrock around yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I, I remember them saying that. I think maybe I just didn't put it in my oh. notes because I didn't know if it was significant. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, okay. it was, it was um, you know, siltstone versus sandstone, which, you know, all the red rock is made out of sandstone, but then deeper down, it could just be a harder, more compact silt, which yeah. could be the structure. Well, and the only reason I bring it up is because, you know, it is hard and it is something that, oh, well, okay, they hit this. There, there could be, God, you could have a, a ton fucking piece of granite rock in the dirt that that drill's not going to go through instead of what they think they're seeing as anomaly. That's the only reason I bring it up. Just to kind yeah. of cla- kind of clarify what they're hitting if there is something down there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, so they start drilling at Homestead Two, and then all of a sudden the power lines start to wobble like crazy, and the wires are just like going nuts. And you can see all the wires shaking. They show it, and it looks like there's like an earthquake happening or something going on. And I think everybody sees that and they're starting to like, it seems like Taylor is kind of second guessing his decision to dig right then. Um, Which rightfully so that, I mean, I don't know what that could have been, but that was, well, um, I mean, if, if one of those lines snaps and comes down, they're like right by it. That's super fucking dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's more than just wind running those lines around. I mean, they're pretty taut as it is. So I, yeah, it was weird when they – I mean, I got the transformer lead that comes off that main, but seeing that whole run just kind of wobble around, that was – I don't know. That was interesting. That was – and the whole section did it. I, I just mm-hmm. – yeah. Yeah, it seemed like it seemed like there would they would have to be, you know, feeling the ground shake around them to, to cause that much of a vibration on that line. Definitely, yeah. Like, they would definitely have to feel the ground – like – all of them would have had to have felt that in order for it to be something natural to shake those wires and everything. So that's, that was kind of freaked me out to be honest with you. Well, we're a little shaky anyway with the earthquake thing and the aftershock. So when I saw that, I, I feel I have PTSD. I'm like, Oh my God, it's happening again. <laughs> it's happening again in the past, <laughs> but block time, man past present and future it's you know it's, it's all one it's all time. the same it's all the it's same. All a flat circle <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so um eric and dragon they decide to act as human radiation detectors and they go nearer to homestead too and the bit starts sounding like it starts to hit something again and it stops going down and they said they're at 29 feet and it's just natural dirt they're picking up with no radiation um and dragon is still hesitant to start digging even after the drilling process so i think once they found that you know there ain't nothing in the in any of the core samples that they're getting they're like okay let's actually dig and of course dragon is still hesitant bless his little heart I get you it, know. though, with all the yeah. radiation they found previously. I, yeah, you know? I mean, you got to be safe, and that's his job is to protect everybody on the site. So, uh, yeah, it's when you look at it from his point of view, it makes sense why he's taking those precautions. Sure. Um, I guess it's a little annoying to us watching it as being just 
you know, an audience on a couch watching a year later, trying to yeah. be inter- trying to be entertained. We're like, no, fucker, dig, dig. <laughs> uh, like I had a a weird like shower thought about dragon. Uh, oh, that sounds bad. <laughs> yeah, that sounded um, awful. But like I was thinking about it yesterday because it was like I was just about to watch or had just watched the episode and I was just like, maybe the way Taylor is the surrogate for the audience in general, uh, Dragon is being portrayed by the producers as the surrogate for people who are sitting on their couch going, come on, this is bullshit. You know what I mean? I could, you know, the reality is it's still a show and, and there's still that element in there because it's still Hollywood. So, I mean, that's very, I mean, that's a very good possibility. And I got a quick side question, Josh, you're not watching these shows naked on the couch, are you? Cause that would be, uh, weird. I'm at least shirt cocking it. <laughs> well, I'll give you that. That's fine. Hey man, we're in quarantine. It's all good. Yeah. yeah there's no yeah, rules. Let's get weird. There's no <laughs> rules. Put your shirt back on. There's one rule. There is no more weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, that being said, the next day, on July 28th, the cameras pick up the alpacas going crazy around 7 a.m. And the team brings uh, a veterinarian out to the ranch. His name's Dr. Duncan, on to check about on the animal about an hour later. And Tom Lewis said he woke up to the alpaca screaming, which we said before isn't normal behavior. They're usually pretty quiet animals. And one of the alpacas was attacked by a pack of what looked like dogs. And it seemed like they were just eating him alive. And um, I guess one of the animals just wouldn't even leave even after Tom went into the pen. Like he wasn't, he wasn't intimidated by a human at all, which I feel like most animals, when you get in there, ah, you know, like yeah, you would freak an animal out. Like, oh shit. And, and that dude's a kind of a big dude. Like that Tom, the caretaker guy, like he's pretty tall, like looks like he would intimidate a smaller animal. They also said that, uh, they kept saying they looked like dogs, but bigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, which I mean, and that goes into the hunt for the skinwalker book, these crazy huge dogs that can get shot a bunch of times and, you know, just rotting flesh is ripping off their bodies and yeah and i guess that's i was just not really confused but maybe it was it was early in the morning maybe they didn't have enough well no they had light when they got attacked because they had on the the one video camera Mm -hmm. which i'm sure you're you'll cover john but i i just i can't like how can you not describe did it was it happening in a flurry that you just couldn't describe what you were seeing altogether Uh, it was just crazy you know larry what were you gonna say uh you know, same same thing that Shane just said. Yeah, um, they they didn't really describe what they saw exactly. Besides uh, dogs, but bigger, and you know, they didn't really go into detail, yeah, which I thought I, was odd because they saw the creatures, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Candace, um, yeah, it was she couldn't describe what they were, but dogs. Al, what were you gonna say? Uh, pretty much the same thing. I was just going to say I was a bit frustrated with the explanation of what had actually attacked them. I think they used the word dog maybe two or three times, but like for the most part, it just seemed like a mystery of what, what attacked them almost. I don't know. I was just frustrated and I wanted to, 
more explanation and further detail like i'm like you guys were there like what the fuck was it and if you had to throw a stick at it tom like you had to get a pretty goddamn good look at it yeah i mean right but the thing is is um tom's wife candace right if that's that's her name okay um i mean she seemed really upset and i'm kind of of the opinion that they really didn't know what it was what they were looking at yeah like they didn't know what they were looking at and it was probably a pretty traumatic thing to experience yeah i mean that alpaca looked like it got fucked up. Fucked. Yeah. Oh, that alpaca! That alpaca was messed up for that sure. That poor little sleepy boy. Crazy. Yeah. Um, um, I, I, what I want to know is how did something like a dog but bigger get into the fucking pen in the first place? Because it doesn't look like the, the hosts are too far apart. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I, well, and especially if they're large dog-like creatures or something how did they get in there i mean i guess they could have hopped over yeah i mean i guess uh my neighbor's dog used to climb the fence all the time so yeah i I mean i had a labrador when i was a kid and that thing would hop like an eight foot fence like a breeze like it wasn't anything for it so yeah i mean that's one possibility i'm just saying like not saying that that is what happened but I, I just feel, I don't know, I feel like if you're living out there and, you know, you're out on the ranch that you know what a coyote looks like, you know what a, I mean, you see wildlife around you most of the time, I would think, because there's, you know, things out there. I don't know, it was just one of those things where it just seemed like maybe they were just so stunned that they really can't put it into words what they saw. They can't, their minds aren't kind of processing it at the time of the video. Well, I, I don't know. And the yeah. thing is, is it shouldn't be large wolves. Because large wolves not even do not live, they do not live in the Uinta Basin. Mm-hmm. So, is it somebody's wild dogs? But you know, you'd think you would know. There's not a lot. Of, it's not a heavily populated area. You'd think you'd know if somebody had some giant dogs. You would go over to that property owner's house and be like, you know, Freddie and Jake got out and attacked my alpacas. Like you need to lock your animals up or keep better track of them and they didn't you know it's i don't know it's just it goes it just reminds me so much of the hunt for the skinwalker book and the creatures that the shermans interacted with and shot and chased away and and then they followed the tracks until it just the tracks disappeared somehow disappeared yeah it uh it got me thinking of that what sounded like a bunch of dogs or coyotes or something yapping when we were up on that overlook Mm-hmm. yeah and like in my notes i was like oh fuck is this was it coyotes That's what, and yeah. um i like it made me think like if there's there could very well be a pack of like feral dogs up there like that might have been what we heard you know it, absolutely um, i mean it's a, it's surrounded by a by a reservation i mean it's very very good possibility that that's the case and they just because feral dogs will run in packs just like coyotes or wolves that's what they do so yeah yeah it's a possibility but that's like a they've got to be pretty large feral dogs which i mean i it's entirely possible but um and coyotes i don't think it's coyotes because coyotes are skittish animals especially with yeah. humans like and coyotes aren't that big 
But no, they're no, not. they're not. And the only time yeah. coyotes get desperate is when they're desperate for food and or wintertime. And they'll start getting a little bit confrontational, but not usually traditionally the minute they see a human or they hear a sound around them, mm -hmm. the whole pack runs are gone, you know? Yeah, so. and, and, I, and I feel like coyotes normally go for rabbits and things of that size. Like usually an animal doesn't attack something four times the size of it. Yeah, ch chickens, rabbits, small stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, just, coyotes are savage bastards, but they're not going to attack a, an alpaca, it seems like. No, they I mean, yeah. Inside of an enclosure. I've had them attack dogs in Montana and and uh, deer, but I mean, other than that, that's about, and that's, that's stepping it up for a, even a pack of coyotes. You know, an alpaca, Jesus Christ, I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, I just, whatever it was, I... I don't think it was coyotes personally. I mean, yeah, I, well, no, I like if it, if we're looking for like logical, like what could it be without it being something crazy weird? I think like feral dogs make more sense because they would still hunt in a pack, but they would probably be less afraid of humans, especially if they started out as, uh, <clears throat> if, if they weren't born wild, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If, if they ran away or if someone drove them out and left them or some shitty thing like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the most logical explanation. If it's not something supernatural or something weird as hell, if it wasn't a skinwalker or something like a pack of feral dogs makes the most sense, I suppose from their descriptions and everything. But the funny thing is, is there were, they had a camera because at the beginning of the episode, they were setting up all of those cameras and of course, the one good camera that they had on the pin stopped recording. Yep. The one that was right on it. So they happened to have another camera, I think it was on Taylor's trailer, that got some grainy, not that great footage, but you could still kind of see some type of creature in there um, attacking the alpaca. Uh, but it's, you know... Not even, I mean, it was, and it was like, you know, in the corner of the canopy of the awning. So it cut yeah. half the shot out like it. Yeah. And the minute it was super it, grainy. Yeah. The minute that main the minute they said, Oh, so our main camera, I'm literally on the couch going, come Like I was so, I knew it. I knew that was going to happen. I knew nobody was going to get that shot. Yeah. So. I, I knew from before they even started talking about cameras and they were just, I, the, alpaca was just all messed up i'm like there's no way that a camera caught that i knew it from just the minute it happened <laughs> it was like the least bit yep. surprising thing ever when they said that they just didn't even get it's almost it. as if the cameras can't capture it yeah yeah like when when the episode opened with the teaser of that footage i was like god damn it i know this is the only shit they got so yep. you know what i'd be curious on and this is up you know if we ever get lucky enough to have somebody else on the on, from the show on or tom comes back on whatever have you is i want it like they said oh it was down when that happened we'll describe down like from what time to what time did it go down and not come back up did it go down from one in the morning till five like what does that look like because i would just be so curious on what that is you know yeah, yeah it's it was the Sorry, uh, go ahead. was it physically fine or was it like right like turned around or like physically unplugged or did it was it just not recording like yeah yeah be because there's stories when Bigelow was there cameras would be like vandalized um just broken 
so yeah was did it just stop recording for that little chunk is the camera useless now like yeah that's a good question shane what is down what does that mean exactly yeah um but that kind of wraps up that episode with the uh the animal attacks which were pretty disturbing man i felt god i felt so bad for that alpaca it, yeah it really it really went through something for sure and yeah. uh the next episode looks crazy was, yeah we we say that about every episode but every well, i mean every episode just looks insane it, we've got well, cattle mutilations it, linda moulton howe uh, ufo yeah, sightings was say, that was linda moulton howe right yeah yeah and she's an expert on cattle mutilations has been for decades right mm, she she kind of got her start with the documentary strange harvest that she made um i think it was early 90s could be wrong about the exact year but yeah i remember yeah, so. yeah i remember you mentioned that john so um mm. well i mean we can roundhouse if you guys don't mind i i there's a couple little things that i found funny just to kind of add some some light into this so when, when they were back to because i'm a stickler for how people are saying things and what they're saying and we all know that there's such a thing now and it's going to be in the dictionary come next year i'm hoping called a travisism this is what and it just every show seems like there's one thing so when they were doing the drilling um, they were talking about, he looked right at dragon and says, well, what do you think about drilling on the ranch now? And so dragon does his little, you know, his comment of what he thinks about it, you know, give Which or take. And actually was pretty good. Too. It was absolutely. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. fine. And then he, Travis comes back with, I agree. It doesn't give us carte blanche to just digging willy nilly. So he's, <laughs> he took the most sophisticated word and put it next well, to, and, the, <laughs> to the, and then, and then he said, he said, well, now we can, maybe we can agree that it doesn't give us the heebie-jeebies oh that's right he added that on there too so um i just thought that was funny i want to recap but honestly um yeah you know something that john you said at the very beginning i and and i'm not trying to you know blow smoke up the listeners asses or, or whatever have you but this show has everything we've been there we felt what's going on. It's not a show about one specific thing. And it really, just when I think I've got an idea of which way it's going, it completely changes gear. Now, bam, there's something else over here that they have to deal with. And especially, again, just after talking to Tom, you know, in regards to Travis, you know, who really didn't, he's heard about it, but he was never out there. He got hit right from the beginning when he came on the ranch on just day one of just odd shit. And it never seems to stop. I I, I kind of feel sorry for Travis. I feel like the other people are kind of not really used to what's going on, but their eyebrows aren't quite as raised as Travis's are. And I, I just, I find it funny, but at the same time, I feel so, so bad for the guy. So anyway, my two cents on the whole thing. Well, I mean, his, his whole worldview is getting just completely shattered upside down. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially being, you know, a, a learned scientist. So Um, But also I was going to comment on uh, just the thing he says. Um, That's just the South. Yeah. I've spent a lot of time in the South and I have a lot of friends from the South and that's just, that's just the South. Yeah. Just regional colloquialisms. Yeah. Yeah, It still adds some good character to the show though. I think it's great. Oh Oh, yeah. yeah, It's awesome. Um, I I just hope that we figure we, I know we're never going to figure it out, especially not on a history show, you know, like how come something was, giving people radiation burns a week ago and is like dead silent now. Um, 
I hope that we do get something along the lines of figuring that out. Um, and I hope that, uh, that they, I, I was disappointed that, that nothing really came from the dig. Um, and really sad that the alpaca got fucked up, but it was pretty wild. Yeah. You know? Well, we haven't yeah. even really dug yet. So hopefully they start digging on a, get a backhoe up in there. Or something. A, yeah. On a future episode. Cause they were just, essentially drilling to see if it was safe even to poking dig so hopefully they do that on a future episode and what i'm hoping for is a giant mothership uh underneath that property (laughs) yeah me too um and (laughs) with with an alien with no pants on doing the controls as they pop the hatch he's like what what just shirt cocking it (laughs) yeah (laughs) howard the duck jacket off to duck porn yeah (laughs) uh yeah i'm watching mork and mindy can you guys come back later um you know (laughs) yeah but yeah Yeah, that's that's my two cents it it's been great it does get better with every episode um like you said john i want to see a real dig you know Mm -hmm. i want to like i mean maybe that's just a a sheet of uh what, what was it slate stone yeah um you know that they found with the uh ground penetrating radar but I hope they really dig to see what that actually is. That's that's my hope. But more keeps yeah. happening. It's if I were to see any of that type of stuff, you know, the UFO, the, the the lines shaking, the radiation, any of it, I would be having the greatest time. Like I envy. You. <laughs> I, I want to do that. I want to go f- get freaked out. <laughs> I do too. I do too. I'm insanely <laughs> jealous. I just want to drive down the road that we've all been on past the gate i want dragon to open the black gate (laughs) and wave me on in dude and i just pull my truck through and i'm like i'm here i'm never gonna leave (laughs) like i'll take a small mild radiation burn like let's do this yeah fuck it yeah oh anybody got anything else um I like, I was just going to say, I like how the show's going so far. It's pretty indicative, like the show, how it goes off on all these tangents and different shoots of how the phenomenon actually is. Mm-hmm. You can't pin it down. You can't trace it to one thing. It's just fucking, it's going all over. Yeah. So I'm pretty happy that it's being portrayed like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as frustrating as it is to, uh, to see the trickster element of it with the camera going down and all that kind of stuff, the radiation being gone. It is, it's nice to see that it's happening. Cause that's like the one predictable thing about it. It, it you know? is what the phenomenon does. It's, it's showing us in real time, you know, like that's what it does. It's like, as soon as you get close you're it's gone. So yeah. yeah. It gives you the finger and says not today. Fucko. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's gas. It's the ranch just gaslights everyone. Yeah, <laughs> that's a new phrase. I gotta remember that phrase. That's funny. We should make t-shirts to say that. That would be fucking fantastic. So <laughs> the ranch, the ranch is a gaslighter. <laughs> so anyway, um, we're coming up on the hour. Yeah, it was a great episode. I, I think it's fantastic. Um, promos on our side, and then I'll throw it to your your side there, Alex and Larry. So uh we do these weekly. Um, sometimes we try to get people on to talk about the ranch, which we are lucky enough to get, and get Tom on there. We also do our weekly podcast episodes. And if you want more bonus content and you like our ugly mugs, you can be a Patreon member if you so choose. Um, if you want to write us back, you can comment on this YouTube. Um, and actually we've had quite a few comments, which is kind of cool, you know, for, for what we have out there, you know, it's really just us 
telling our opinion. There's really nothing special about it, but I think there is a little special attribute to it that we we know the ranch, we've been at the ranch, and and it's kind of near and dear to our hearts. So I think there's something there. Um, if you want to write us, you can write us at strangeuncles at gmail.com. You can call us, whether it's about the ranch or anything else, at area code 801-252-69. Yeah. 45. Um, and please feel free to add comments or whatever else you want. Um, Alex, Larry, you guys want to talk about cold research at all? Sure. Follow us at uh, cold research team on Instagram. Um, we have uh, or videos and stuff that we've captured up at the ranch uh, the past couple years. Send us a message. If you have a place relatively nearby that you want us to investigate, we'll surely give it a shot. And yeah, that's all we got. Anybody else have anything else? Uh, Patreon.com slash strange uncles. If you want that sweet, sweet bonus content. Um, and we're on the gram and Facebook at strange uncles podcast and Twitter at strange uncles. Perfect. That's all I have. Been a great time with you guys. Um, fantastic. Can't wait till the next show. And, uh, we are still trying to set up. I think the story of your wife here towards the end, when we get done doing this recap there, Larry, I think that'll be, uh, I don't know. I think that'd be really cool to kind of wrap this whole mini series up with. So. Yeah. Good, good call. Um, her story would be a good cap on the end of this. I think. Yeah. yeah. I think so. It's, it's a wild, it's a wild ride for sure. And she's, she's great at telling it too. So yeah. it'll be good. I'm still yeah. fantastic. It's been fun guys. Close the gates. Close the case. You've been listening to a fourth hand production.